Hi, everyone. I'm Neil Delstrother. I'm interviewing on behalf of Edison Books. Uh, and today I'm absolutely delighted to be interviewing one of their authors, Ambika Waters, who is really a, appears to be a complete Renaissance woman, a live wire from what I can gather, who's done an amazing amount of things in her life. And just the book we're going to be talking about, or more the pack we'll be talking about, is, is an Angels of Light uh, pack, which is drawn and produced these beautiful cards um, with a booklet explaining the cards of angels and so on. And of course, we'll get into depth of that. But just before I go into that, I'll just give a little bit of background on her. Uh, she's a homeopath. She's a psychotherapist, a counselor, an educator, an artist, an author, a healer, product developer. And it goes on. And she grew up in Southern California and studied history at the UCLA and moved to the UK in 1969, where she received a master's in fine arts from the Royal College of Art. Then she, she trained in homeop homeopathy at the School of Homeopathic Medicine in Yorkshire and became a member of the Society of Homeopaths in 1996. She seems to have traveled everywhere and lived everywhere, but mainly the main places were Spain for many years, England, Zaire, obviously America. And also she's traveled to Morocco, Italy, Greece, Turkey, Russia, Finland. It goes on and on. But in 1998, she returned to America in 2000, and then in 2001 created the Institute of Life Energy Medicine, which is, I think, where most of her focus is now. And it provided an educational base to her work. And she began to teach classes on human energy system and offer training in homeopathy and the chakras. And she developed products for healing the human energy system that work on vitality and the regeneration and also support people through trauma, pain, separation and loss. So there's a lot of need for this sort of thing. And Ambika, are you there? I am. Yes, great to, great to speak to you. Very exciting to speak to you. So thank you for being here. Thank you. So you've, I mean, you've, it seems like you've lived a hell of a life. Um, you know, do you feel you were guided in it or how, how did it happen? Well, it, it did unfold and it was, it wasn't a plan. Let me put it that way. It was right. not a plan. Things happened, um, a lot of loss. My family, uh, broke up very early due to my mother's early death and doors opened after that that led me to pursue avenues of exploration in, in human potential. I went to Spain to a, a lovely center called Finca La Fuyenca and it was run by people who had studied at the Eslin Institute in Big Sur, California and they did three month residentials I um, was in charge of the kitchens and the art. And from that, just, it just gave me a, an anchor in trusting my inner process. I went to the Jung Institute in Switzerland to study for a while. I just was hungry for, for knowledge and I was, development of wisdom. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, normally sort of people's journeys and the sort of work you're working in, there's usually, it's usually quite an alchemical movement, isn't it? From something that's not very easy yes. to something Absolutely. that's... Absolutely. Alchemy describes it really well. Um, the big moves came after loss, pain, separation, and trauma. And that's how it worked. And even this oracle that we're going to be talking about today emerged out of a very um, challenging situation in my life. That's... The really amazing things have come from, I don't know, I want to say stumbling over a big stone. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I, and also, it's a very good moment, isn't it, to, to actually introduce the, your, the Angels of Light cards, which, as you, I, I struggle with the word, divinatory um, oracle, which is a, 
something which is rooted in history. Obviously, the idea of divination goes back for millennia, doesn't it? From the beginning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody wanted an answer. Yes. And I mean, it's, it's, it, in, in some ways, it's had a, well, depending which world you're living in, a bad name, hasn't it? It's sort of like it's something that people don't really believe in. But obviously, there's a, well, obviously, you do, and I think I do as well, this, this idea that there's some meaning in this stuff. When I was at the Jung Institute, I met this um, uh, doctor who ran the Brugelotzi Psychiatric Institute. He was um, married to one of Jung's daughters, and he wore a three-piece black suit with a gold watch fob and a high stiff collar. He was probably in his 70s when I met him, and he did tarot readings. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Okay. One of the first tarot readings I ever had, and what you saw was not what you got. I mean, he had this depth of understanding and wisdom, and Yes. He told me something that I've never forgotten. He said, he said, have fun now, young lady, and travel and explore the world, because when you're an old woman, you're going to work your butt off. (laughs) (laughs) What was he talking about? But it proved to be true that the last 20 years since I've been back in my country, the United States, that's what I've done. I've worked really, really hard, and, um, and I love what I do. And I had all that travel and all that adventure under my belt. I, I never got restless again. I just knew I, I needed to work hard. And that came out of a tarot reading. Right. Which, it opened a door to divinatory oracles. And I, I think they're wonderful. This is my fourth or fifth one that's been published. The Edison Books published one um, in 1995 that sold, it sold to date two and a half million copies. Called wow. the Angel Oracle. It's yes. in, I don't know, 15 languages. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, just going briefly back to the Jungian thing, I, I, I remember that um, he was very interested in the, the I Ching or I Ching, wasn't he? Yes, uh, he loved the I Ching. And, yes. uh, and he, loved, he loved tarot, he loved the I Ching, he loved anything that led the psyche back into the unconscious mind. Anything. Mm-hmm that could reveal archetypal patterns. And that's what a good divinatory oracle does. It shows you the realm of possibilities and it allows you to make free choice. Well, I was wondering that with your, with your with the angels. I mean, I wonder whether you um, see the angels as sort of physically real or more as sort of um, archetypal type figures or both. I, I wonder how you, how oh. you personally experience them. The, the way these angels of light were created was at a very dark time, about six years ago, a time of loss, Mm -hmm. a time of closure. When I sat down and I really had to think, what am I going to do? I took a a very simple job walking pets up in the hills, gave me some money, and then I made a real choice that nothing, absolutely nothing, was going to destroy my happiness, that my happiness was not externally based. It wasn't right. about the money in the bank, the people on my arm, the work I had. It wasn't about anything external. And it was a big choice to say nothing is going to right. get with my happiness. And I had to say, okay, what's going to give me happiness? And I come to my work as an artist. And unfortunately, the only time I ever have to paint is during the Holy Nights, the 12 Holy Nights of Christmas. And here I was with time, time and an empty garage where I could 
set up an art studio. And that's just what I did. And I started painting. And this way of painting was taught to me by Waldorf school teachers. I threw colored water paints down onto wet paper. I'd come back into the garage the next day and there were these angels, one after the other after the other, that all that was asked of me was to outline them, to put a little gold and silver on their wings. Stunning, it was stunning. So there was a physical manifestation of what was energetically around me. And I think I came up with close to 180 paintings. So right. yes, there's a, there was a definite physicality to it. And they're wonderful paintings that they wound up being in the Oracle. So in a way it was, I don't want to put words that just almost diminish what you're saying, but it's like almost channeling it through you. It was things that just came to you and came out. I think channeling is a very good word. These angels appeared on paper and you didn't need to have um, hawk eyes to see them. You know, people would come into my <laughs> oh, look at that angel. I know, isn't that amazing? I mean, sometimes I would gasp because I couldn't even believe that was something that would come through. This, the paper was wet, the paint would run, and then it would solidify and dry, and they were stunning. And I had an exhibition. Uh, a friend invited me to share an exhibition in a well-known uh, gallery here in the town I live in, and I, you know, I framed them, I mounted, mounted them and framed them, and and had a really wonderful response to this exhibition, but it's something I didn't like the attention. It's not my way. Right. So I sent these pictures to my agent and she sent them on to Edison Books. And they said, yes, we love this. And I love doing oracles, so it was a perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's great. And yeah. I mean, did the angels, I mean, when I'm looking through the cards and there are very, you know, we, I'd like to talk a bit about the meanings of some of them or how at least you work with them but initially basically they have their particular angels of certain things for example I've got the angel of choice in my hand and the angel of spiritual tempest which is quite a quite a powerful sounding one and um, yeah. when when you um, actually drew them when you were channeling them through you did they have those sort of um, identities to them at the time or are they something that came afterwards no that came afterwards I had right. to them. I had to give them names and um I'd look at the picture and say, what is this, what is this call up in my mind? Interesting, when I had the exhibition, a Jungian therapist came to the exhibit, a friend of hers and mine told her about it. And she came and she said, well, these aren't just pictures of angels. These are very powerful archetypes that you've, mm. that you've named here. I mean, she could see it. And I thought, wow, that's, you never know what somebody's going to see. You know, they may just see a pretty face or colors that go in their living room. <laughs> you don't yeah. know. But she was very um, affirmative about these archetypes and the names that went with them. Listen, tune in and look at the picture and listen. You're going to know what it represents. So if I'm going to use them, um, and not just me, but whoever uses them, what, what would I, um, you know, how would you suggest I do use them? What, what would... I suppose the questions I'll be asking, how do I use and why would I use, which I think I get an understanding for, and how does it work exactly? Okay, let's say you just want to know what's the, what's the higher plan for the day. Then right. 
cards, pick one card. I'm going to do that right now. Let's I'll, see. I'll do that too. Let's see. Let's I'm getting near at the end of the day where I am. But anyway, let's, let's, what's, what's my card for the evening? <laughs> what is yours? Uh, just bear with me. I have got Angel of Faith I've got for the evening. Lovely. Mine is the Angel of Masculinity. Oh, wow. Because it, it requires that I explain myself clearly and rationally. That's how right. I would do that. So um, nothing woo-woo here. Just stay on the ground and answer the questions <laughs> in a very yeah, yeah, rational yeah, yeah, that's good. Angel of faith is that I'd actually come up with some questions. I think that's the main uh, faith. Or is it, is it more of a spiritual faith we're talking about here? Or I think it's faith in, faith in yourself, faith in the process, faith in life, faith in the day, faith in goodness. That's nice. I get an energetic... Um, a feeling from that it's just a very nice nice thing yeah it's, it's rather rather beautiful and i know that um from reading some of the introduction that you know you see them all as being positive it's not it hasn't got that slight um oh, edge no. that sometimes people think tarot has or what have you no it hasn't it hasn't got any negative archetypes in it either did the angel oracle i just don't i'm just not working with that i'm working with to to help people develop higher and higher affinities to the goodness that's there, to divine goodness, to the blessings of life. I feel that this time is dark enough. Why would I want to add any more? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't think we're short of darkness at the moment, no. are we? I, I, I suppose it's, um, you know, I did say, how does it work? I'm not quite sure what I mean, mean by that, but I suppose, do you think it works at a, at a deep level or it's just something I take in sort of intellectually when I work with these cards? Well, it's up to you. It's not a party trick. It's, no. um, and they're different throws. In the little booklet that goes with the card deck, there's several different card spreads. You can do full card spreads with 10, 12 cards. You can do a yes, no, and maybe. You can do past, present, future. You can do the tree of life. It depends on how deeply you want to go and what you're reading for. If you're, you know, if I'm sitting at my desk and I'm kind of thinking, okay, what, what should I address now? Or how is this process going? Or because I work with clients in, in homeopathy, sometimes I'll pull a card and see, okay, what, what is it I need to address here? And uh, sometimes it's, you know, when I worked hard, I'll often draw the angel of frivolity, which I think is fun. It's just, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yes. Well, it, I, I can feel that because, I mean, often it's just helpful, isn't it, to have, even on fairly small things, it's quite helpful just to have a, a sort of triangulation, if you know what I mean, of something something yeah. just outside that you can bring in, which, I mean, in some way it must reflect what, it, you know, however into it or sceptical you are, in some ways it has to reflect our own psyche, doesn't it, our own way of being. To, That's to... how I read it. It just reflects my higher guidance, the wise guidance of my life. I I will project that into these cards and I listen because I need all the help I can get. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And you, do you use your cards? Oh, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. I have no idea. Of course I use them and I, I love them. I love that particularly because I got to illustrate the cards, but yes, I have a very developed um, inner sense that I've worked to develop over years and years, and as well as a rational, clear mind, uh, organized mind. And I'm always looking for the next right step. It's just how I'm wired. What is the next right step? And if it's, I get the angel of stillness, I listen, I will not do anything. I'm very 
attuned to these cards. I love them. I love what they represent. And I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to listen to the wise guidance that comes through. And I'm careful. I'm careful with this. Uh, and listening, of course, is one of the things that we're perhaps a little bit short of in this world. Yes, but I think listening is, you know, we have had a lot of um, terrible shootings in this country, really oh, terrible yeah. incidences. And there was one that went on about a year, a little over a year and a half ago in Las Vegas, where people were just sitting around listening to, to good music. They were, it was a rock concert, and some very deranged person shot down several several people mm. and i because I, I don't live too far from there i'm about i'm an eight hour drive or an hour flight kind of thing yeah. people go there often and i met people who said you know i wanted to go to that rock concert but something in me said don't do it that's wise guidance and that's listening and that's sort of something that because we live such busy information rich lives I think, do you feel that we've sort of lost the ability to hear these distant intuitions that uh, are distant in the terms of subtlety? Yeah, Neil, that's a good question. I, I require a lot of solitude. I love being in my garden. I love meditation. And I love the time that I cut in my day to be quiet. I, I'm more in than out, but... Um, Perhaps that's something to do with the time of life. I just am very comfortable with the quiet. Especially now in winter time, I, I love the quiet and I do listen as best I can. Yeah. Well, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because we're, we're, we're particularly in America, but England too. We're, we're in countries that are very achievement focused, aren't we? And, yes. and so the idea of, you know, you, you, as you get older, then you, you're sort of somehow allowed to be quieter and more still. But you know, it's something of that needs to somehow filter down into the, uh, I think it probably is actually into the younger generation. I mean, I'm very impressed with so many young people. Yes, but, so am I. So am yeah. I. I see they're, they're very interested in yoga and meditation and tools, tools that will help them cope with the, the fractious, chaotic um, energy that, that is rampant in the West. And I'm very impressed with them. They, they were taught well by their parents, by your generation and mine. They were mm. taught. And they've got to develop these tools to be able to say, turn right, turn left, go forward, and to be able to know that they are guided in their, on their path. Which, again, where something like your angel cards is, a, is a perhaps a useful thing to help with that, to give the extra. I think so. Uh, Yes, because it's a, it's a, I mean, it is, we always pass this baton down as if it's always up to the next generation, but, you know, they really are facing a wall, aren't they? They have to, something needs to change radically. Well, I think this is part of it. I think these oracle cards are part of it. I think the good books that Edison publishes are part of it. I think the communication, the technological ability to communicate about this out to the world and people listen. That, that always stuns me. People tune in, they listen to podcasts, they listen to interviews because they want to know and because they're searching, which mm. is wonderful. That's wonderful. Yes, and hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll get something from this one. I, I just wanted to ask you, actually, because we, we haven't got all that long, but I really want to ask you, you've talked a bit about the, the pain you suffered in your life and so on. And um, 
I think often our wisdom and our, our love and so on comes through the, the cracks of these things. But I, I just wondered how much the sort of wounded healer type way of being is, is something that means something to you. Well, I believe in healing the wound. I don't believe in advertising it. <laughs> you know, I think that we can heal. I, believe yes. I wouldn't be the healer I am if I didn't believe in positive results and especially using tools like homeopathy. Homeopathy yes. is a brilliant form of medicine. But spiritual consciousness is too. Energetic medicine is very powerful. I'm all about, let's put that in the past, because in truth, the soul is never touched. No matter what goes on in our life, the soul is never touched. It remains immune to pain, suffered, suffering, trauma, loss. It's just how that works on the ego, how that works on the personality. And I do believe in the power of forgiveness. I do believe in letting go of the past, blessing it and letting it go and trusting that the future will unfold in a good way. I don't believe in hanging on to pain or advertising pain. I just, um, we have a great healer in the world now named Carolyn Mays. She talks about woundology. You know, my pain, this is my pain, what's your pain? That's not a point of connection. The point of connection really needs to be, this is my heart, it's open and gracious, and what? And I trust your heart is the same. So we all, you know, we heal in love, and we grow and mature in pain. And yes. that's something I really do believe in as a, as a psychotherapist, that the pain that comes into our life is necessary at some level to help us move on to the next step. Beautiful, our arrogance, our self-entitlement, our aggrandizement. It's pain is humbling. Bottom line, pain is humbling. And some of the most remarkable people I know have endured some terrific loss in their life. I've watched people, I see it in my practice. I see people grow and develop and mature, take responsibility for themselves and go out and do good in the world. It's not just about me, 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 and them, and what they can gain, and they're striving for success. No, and the, and the imperative now is definitely for each of us to take responsibility for that, isn't it? It sure is. It sure is. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. Well, unfortunately, I, I would like to chat all night or all morning, whatever it is there, but um, we, uh, I haven't limited on my timing. So it's been absolutely amazing to speak to you. Thank you so much. And, um, Thank you. To mention again how brilliant your divinationary oracle is, how beautiful the paintings are, and the, the just something I'm going to be working with. And in fact, I'll have a go after after we've spoken. And uh, I'm sure it's available, obviously, through Edison. I imagine on Amazon, on your website as well, presumably. Which it'll be on which, my website, which is ambicawaters w a u t e r s dot com. It's on my other website, uh, lifeenergymedicine.com. It's available in the United States through Canary Press. It's on Amazon.com and on Edison.com. Right. So thank you so very much. And um, thank you. Have, Neil. have a wonderful masculine energy day. <laughs> have a lot of faith, Neil. Have faith. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye -bye. 